fantasy football regular seasons are over, but that does not mean, in fact, quite the opposite. Daily fantasy never stops. If you really want to think about it, it's always ongoing, but it's certainly happening here in week 18, which is why this is a Thursday DFS pod. That's right. Not the Saturday special. It's a Thursday special-ish sort of episode, but... While that's different, what's not different is that I am still Matt Harmon from Yahoo last time I checked, but I can confirm for sure that is TJ Hernandez from 4 for 4 on the other end of the line. TJ, what's going on, buddy? This is our last uh, 4 for 4 Yahoo collaboration podcast here of the season. Um, I'd say I, I'm going to miss you, but uh, I have a feeling A, I'll be seeing you soon, and yeah. B, uh, I, I, we, we talk plenty beyond this podcast, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will miss seeing you uh, regularly every week, but we'll definitely make up for it in the off season. Uh, and I'm excited for this last week. It's uh, the the wacky used to be wacky week 17. Now we got wacky week 18. Right. So let's just jump right into that. Obviously, week 18 is uncharted territory because it's the first, you know, like week 18. Although there was actually was a week 18. Um, Years and years and years ago, but uh, this is the first of this iteration. By the way, I'm just going to get this off my chest. You know what? Actually, I'm not going to get this off my chest now. Strike that from the record. I'm going to get it off my chest on tomorrow's podcast. So save that. Uh, <laughs> no one cares. Literally, no one cares. But anyways, um, my so let's just jump right into this though, TJ. The um, week 18, obviously, like I said, uncharted territory. But week 17, previous to it, what should people be like expecting out of this week? Obviously, the whole thing about fantasy championships, why you don't want to be playing them the last week of the season is that players can rest. We don't know who's playing. How do you typically go about navigating those waters? Um, I, if, if we're talking about like this show is, is based on values, right? So when we're talking yeah. about the, the values in DFS, um, we typically mean like the reliable or affordable type plays. So, I mean, really what I'm, I'm looking for and I'm like narrowing down my player pool, I guess my cash game pool or my core players are these players that are in games or situations where they, um, you know, they need to win to improve their, their playoff seating or even to get into the playoffs. Like those are going to be your safest plays, uh, where, where the, obviously we know the teams that are like going to rest, like the Packers, um, you know, they're going to have a bunch of backups in so we can navigate that however we want. It's the teams that are in between. Um, you just get a lot of variance in there. So, I, I try to really focus my my player pool on those players that are in those meaningful games, especially on the meaningful teams. Obviously, it's 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 sometimes not going to be possible to do that in every single spot. Um, but there's there's two really good spots that I have found. Uh, Jennifer Aikens on four for four has a breakdown of all the team scenarios, so I kind of like have that open when I'm going through my player pool. And then oh, um, beyond. Beyond team status, um, Anthony Amico did a really good thread on on Twitter. He he works for a couple other fantasy sites, including um, Establish the Run, and, and I've worked with him before. But breaking down the incentives of all these individual players, I think those are really Ooh, yeah. uh, fun to look at too. You know, player incentives, um, uh, yardage uh, totals, uh, um, uh, reception totals, whatever it might be, snap totals, where they're going to get some money incentives. So those are fun to chase. And you know, I, I've done some like small, quick studies that look at teams that are motivated versus not motivated and players that have incentives versus not um, not incentivized money-wise. And, and there's not like any big, crazy split of, uh, of some uh, how they succeed or, or project above fantasy points. But I think they're they're fun to talk about. And I, I like to yeah. lean on those narratives a little bit more in this week um, just because it's fun. And and a lot of these stats do go a little bit out the window. And and, and speaking of the... I don't, I hope this wasn't what you were going to get off your chest. But speaking of these these records and, and, and incentives in week 18, like... Is, is no, the it most... was not. You're clear. To, you're okay. Clear. It was okay. Not. It okay. Was not. The, the most 
tired and obvious argument um, going into the season was like, well, the records are 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 seventeen game records, so we can't count them. It's like you guys know that there used to be fourteen games and, and twelve games too, right? Like you know this has happened yeah. a lot in the NFL. Like in five years, we're not going to be talking about this. Um, I mean, it's it's just the most obvious. I, I'm I'm surprised that's not a rant you you haven't gone on yet. But it's like guys, we get we know we know we know how math works, and we know more games is going to mean more stats. That is a great point. No, that was not what I was going to get off my chest. I have thought about that, right? Like as if it seems as if it's some great injustice. Like by the way, we didn't yeah. even record like sacks until what the eighties or something <laughs> exactly, like that. Yeah, or stat? targets till ninety two. Like, yeah, targets yeah. were a stat till ninety. Yeah. So what are we doing right. here? Yeah, what are we doing here, really? Seriously, like things move. Obviously, we know that. Although the worst part about that, though, TJ, is that Cooper Cup, a guy who could break a record in Week 18, said himself, "Like, I don't think that's right that we break records." I'm like. Damn it, Cooper. We Cooper, were, come on, man. <laughs> come on, bro. Like, we're doing this for you here, all right? Like, come on. Like, the, geez, man. Uh, but <laughs> alas, uh, it is what it is. I agree, though, to that point. What I was going to say about, uh, I mean, not the thing I was going to get off my chest. I'll get that later. So, like I said, tomorrow's podcast. Real teaser here for the people to get super excited about that. But <laughs> I, I think for for this week, too, you know, it is it is kind of a juggling act of do you lean into, like, some of these goofball backups that are going to be playing? I think that's where you're getting too cute. But we'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, let's just jump right into uh, the players that we do think you can rely on, starting at quarterback and starting with your first pick here, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray at $35. We have a couple guys um, at the top that that have some stuff to play for, but if we just look at um, value, uh, we have Kyler Murray at $35, which is $5 less than Josh Allen up at 40 So that's obviously a pretty notable discount. Arizona playing against the Seahawks at home as six and a half point favorites with a implied point total just over 27, which is the third highest on the slate. And as I mentioned, a, a lot of this will uh, podcast. I'll be looking at, at players incentives and team incentives rather than some of the, the past stats that we've looked at for the first uh, 17 weeks of the season. So this one here, Arizona win the division with a win and a Rams loss and they're playing at the same time so um, you know unless there's some crazy big Rams blowout uh, the Arizona Cardinals should be playing uh, very hard until the end hoping to, hoping to get that division win and that uh, at least one home game Kyler, 20-plus fantasy points in back-to-back games. Since coming back from his injury and the bye, he's rushed for 44 yards in four of those five games. Before the bye week, he didn't have a game with at least 40 rushing yards on the ground. So um, all the Kyler that we were hoping to get for you know, 17 weeks of the season, we've gotten the last five weeks. I uh, love, love the Cardinals here um, against the Seahawks, who, I mean, the way that the teams have typically attacked them in, has been on the ground that has a lot to do with running backs but obviously that's going to benefit Kyler as well against this defense yeah for sure I feel like the NFC West actually is a really good spot to like you know there's a lot up to grabs there Uh, and the the Seahawks are in like a meaningless game that um, you Mm -hmm. know we'll talk about them a little but I think that there's plenty uh, plenty to go around there so uh, I also think speaking on that good old Matthew Stafford 29 bucks the lowest uh, I think the lowest salary he's been in quite some time which makes sense because he's kind of like <laughs> TJ what's what is your like what is your take on the whole like Matthew Stafford trade right now I feel like people are very much in a prisoner of the moment like analyzing it right now because he's been so bad of late uh, I still feel like it was the right move but obviously like most people that are supportive of the Rams have a little bit of like a little bit a little bit of a, a little bit of tension about how Stafford's played of late I mean, I I think it, it it's 
it's kind of short-sighted and it kind of uh, is a really good example of NFL fans or fantasy players' recency bias when we see Stafford start the way he did and just expect that to continue for a whole season. Like We have a very big sample size of who Matthew Stafford is, and it's been stretches of very high efficiency, but uh, overall, it's been a career of like you know an above average quarterback that has piled up a lot of stats. Um, you know, not in in kind of obvious passing situations. So I, I think we kind of known he's been a a good, not great quarterback. But we've also like I've seen some stuff thrown around where we've seen not necessarily Matthew Stafford. I, I think some blame needs to fall on, on Sean McVay. We've seen yeah. his offenses in general fall off in the second half. So um, I, I think to put it all on Stafford is a little bit unfair. And and I, I still think this is a, I mean, this is a team that could still make a run. You know, Stafford has oh, good yeah, weapons around him. Um, I, I just think it's a really good team. So uh, no team is just going to, you know, rarely is a team going to dominate for 17 or now 18 weeks. Um, you know, as long as they get in the tournament, I think they could still do some damage. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Stafford, if you thought he was going to be a guy that wasn't going to throw like some backbreaking interceptions here and there, it's like, yeah, I mean, this this is who Matthew Stafford is. So like you got what you paid for, basically. And I think you should I would I would pay for that again, uh, like basically 10 times out of 10 uh, this week, especially I really like Matthew Stafford. Like you said, the Rams can still win the NFC West. They've got a lot to play for against the 49ers, the 49ers, who, by the way, are just wrecked right now in the corner in the in the defensive backfield, not just the cornerback department. Uh, Deion or Lenore is on the COVID list. Jimmy Ward on the COVID list. Abri Thomas is on the COVID list. Like they've got some issues there. Uh, and they benched Josh Norman uh, last week against the Texans as well. So they've got some problems. Yeah. In the four, in the back defensive backfield for the 49ers. Um, I still think again, plenty of weapons there for Matthew Stafford. He is going to be aggressive. This looks like a pretty good spot for him. And again, you're getting him at the lowest salary that he's basically been uh, for the last, you know, couple of months. Yeah, and and you mentioned the the um, NFC West, and and we'll talk quite a bit more about all of the teams actually in in the NFC West and some of the matchups. But I, I think unlike last week where we talked about on such a big slate, it could be tough to like really lean into just a couple games because there's so many players on the slate. I think on on I, I think it's even though the slate is huge this week, it's a little bit different because so many of the games are I don't want to say meaningless because I I also think that's kind of a, a dumb narrative to put on professional athletes. But um, totally just yeah. just just uh, these games that are um, have playoff implications. I, I think it might be a good idea to lean into some of these offensive battles uh, because I, I do think there are a couple of games that could really separate from the field and I do think this is one of them yeah it's like I've heard people say that the only meaningful game on this slate is the Chargers Raiders because it's the only one yeah. that's like a playing in it's like dude give me a break that's oh, not the but only how great thing. how great will it be if we get the Jaguars the Jaguars win and the, and the potential tie scenario between the Raiders and the Chargers though I mean, that will be pretty spicy, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and not expect that to happen. But sure, nevertheless, sure. Uh, talk to me about Tyler Huntley at 27 bucks. He was pretty disappointing last week against the Rams. Yeah, this one, um, it's kind of by by default. I mean, I, mean, I, I think I, I typically like uh, a lot of the quarterbacks above tw- like the $29 and up on, on this slate. Um, I wanted to say Ryan Tannehill, but I, I think I trust Ryan Tannehill even less than Tyler Huntley just because he just hasn't um, put up much of a fantasy performance, even though the Titans are in a meaningful game. At the very least, Huntley is going to give us the, the rushing yard upside. 40-plus rushing yards in his four games with at least 85% of the snaps. <clears throat> this is a game where, where both teams need to win and, and get some help 
up to be in, but they are also in the early window. So there, there's no um, scenario that I know of where before their game starts that they are uh, not going to be at least hoping for a, a chance to play off with a win. Uh, Lamar didn't practice today. We're recording this on Wednesday. All, all indications are that it is going to be Ty- Tyler Huntley to get the Ravens to a hopeful playoff berth. Maybe him, him and Mark Andrews have, have been uh, having a great connection uh, since Huntley's taken yeah, over. But he, he could get Mark Andrews to the receiving yardage record for tight end. So there's that narrative there. Maybe he's he's throwing him uh, uh, to that record. And uh, the hopefully, you know, for the for the Ravens side of it, they get the uh, the opposite of the the Big Ben send off that we saw on uh on monday night they're probably hoping they could they could ruin his potential last game or or maybe not last game in the nfl but definitely last game as a Steeler. hopefully they could from their perspective they could ruin that for him i feel like it's his last game in the nfl but uh yeah that, that's probably the way it's going i be. i yeah for sure yeah all right if you're hunting like this uh low in the salary range uh for quarterback play obviously like trey lance would have been great at 25 bucks but jimmy g is um you know currently expected to play at least was throwing the football around today uh, here Wednesday so we'll see about that but Russell Wilson 26 bucks TJ I was so pleased that the uh you know Detroit Lions Seahawks game after we talked about it so much turned into like a you know a huge point an 80 80 points right the combined between the two games Russell Wilson finally has his eruption spot with four touchdowns three to DK Metcalf I heard some, by the way, I don't know if you're a big Harry Potter fan, but I am a huge Harry Potter dork. Uh, and somebody uh, made the joke uh, in my survival kit segment that uh, DK Metcalf is this year's uh, fantasy football Snape for being the guy that, spoiler alert, you hate all the whole year long. <laughs> and then finally, at the end, you ter- you learn to love. Uh, so yeah. that I was appreciative. Yeah, except for I mean, I I guess unless you were um, the the teams that uh, that were trying to ride him to a championship and failed, and then well, in the yeah. championship while you're you're eliminated and <clears throat> and watching him go off. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just got to get over that sort of pain uh, and, and and just appreciate what it was. If your team was that bad, look, that's on you. Um, anyways, point of all this is to say 26 bucks. Uh, I do really like Russell Wilson uh, again this week. Like you mentioned, that matchup with Arizona is pretty intriguing. And again, just to value play a quarterback. And this this secondary has its issues as well. A lot of issues at the cornerback spot. Um, Dallas didn't totally take advantage of that last week, but I still think those holes are available for Seattle. Yeah. And I mean, again, from from the like the motivation narrative standpoint, I, I think um, it is oh, interesting. Yeah. The, the teams like the Seahawks where they have been eliminated, but we've seen them continue to, you know, try to to be a, a good team. We Obviously, we saw them last week um, have that good game. So at least like we have some kind of example of them continuing to push forward with their offense and, and trying to still put out the, the best product possible and, and playing their starters. So it, it seems, yeah, I don't think the Seahawks are a team that sounds like they would be resting anybody, even though they've been eliminated. No. They should be, they should be playing to, to win. They're staring at like a potential transition as well. So I think exactly, everybody yeah. wants to go into that with some momentum, whether it's Wilson for his potential trade value, whether it's Pete Carroll to come back and, you know, to oversee the next era of Seahawks football. Like, yeah, there's a lot of Rashad Penny who actually don't, I actually really like at 25 bucks as well. He's not in our running back section, but um, you can p- kind of pick between those two guys, uh, you know, explosive run rates, very high for uh, Arizona's run defense. And Penny is like now officially has the most y- y- runs of 20 plus yards. in the NFL. <laughs> yes. What a weird, crazy. what a weird situation. 
situation. All right, speaking of running backs, let's move into that. Uh, TJ, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody go from your fade list to oh, your uh, top running back yeah, play in one we, week, uh, but yikes, bro, we, Devin Singletary. Yeah, we we pat ourselves on the back for the the Lions and the uh, and the Seahawks. So I got to eat a little humble pie of the Devin Singletary. I mean, my 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 big reasoning was that like. You know, we we've seen Singletary's ceiling. We've seen this from the Bills before. They're they're you know he's it's just not a team that's going to give an offense or, or a, a running back a, a hundred yards and two touchdowns, and he goes out gets hundred yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but you know we 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 ride with our new information and then do the best we can with it and try to improve every week. Um, Twenty three dollars is a value um, for Singletary given the workload he's had over the last month. Bills. They win. They win the division. They're favored by 16 and a half against the lowly Jets. Um, no concern here, like for the Bills. I mean, sure, if they get if if they start blowing out the the Jets and the spread, um, you know, in, ends up as as we expect. Maybe they rest players late in the game. But my my stance on that is typically if if a team is winning by so much that they're resting their starters, the players that you were hoping got there probably got there so yeah. the jets are, are um, arguably the easiest team to run against in the league uh, last in the league and schedule adjusted fancy points allowed to the running back position um, they're the only defense that's allowed 20 plus rushing touchdowns to the running back position uh, the, the list of running backs that have went over 15 yahoo points against them over the past five or six weeks miles gaskin kenneth gainwell miles sanders in the same game duke johnson dario gunboale like all, all these like no name running backs or, or backup running backs have had success against them so uh singletary should uh his his 80 percent plus snap share in each game over the past uh four weeks 22 plus carries in two of the last three games plus 35 receptions in two of those games uh he should be uh you know maybe he doesn't get his 102 like he does last week but should uh comfortably hit value now that uh he's proven me wrong about his ceiling Unbelievable. Uh, in that same sal, literally the exact same salary facing one of the other worst run defenses in the NFL is Dante Foreman facing the Houston Texans this week. Talk about something that I was wrong about. You know, back when uh, Derrick Henry got hurt, like the first couple weeks of this backfield, I was just like, forget it. Like, don't. This is a dead zone. Don't play any of these guys. But you know, over the last couple of games, really the the end the basically towards the end of the season here, like ever since the New England game, they've sort of narrowed their focus on Donta Foreman, have the Tennessee Titans, and he's played pretty well. Like, he might now be our, like, if you have Cam Akers in Dynasty or whatever, you want to draft Cam Akers next year, like, Donta Foreman is your shining example, except for the fact that it happened, you know, <laughs> years and years later after the yeah, fact. Yeah. But he's like the one guy now who has come back from an Achilles injury and is playing extremely well. I think he looks good. He looks like a little mini Derrick Henry out there with his bruising, rushing style, and, you know, obviously uh it just the, the the single digit number you look at that seven sometimes and it could it could be a two you know back to derrick henry's old college number um so like i think that you know Dante foreman just playing pretty well uh 26 carries last week i think we could see a similar number here we know the tennessee titans need to beat the houston texans to maintain the number one seed the titans have every incentive by the way this is a little revenge game for Dante foreman too his original team was the houston texans and uh the titans have every incentive to win this game because they want that number one seed uh because then the derrick henry part of this is he's been activated off ir he can come back like giving him that extra week it would be super beneficial of course yeah the the only concern with foreman is if somehow the chiefs lose on saturday to the broncos then the titans um couldn't end up resting players so that's uh that's the one thing to keep an eye on and, and foreman i mean the reason i had been um kind of resistant to trusting him was even even in his 
uh, his game three weeks ago where she, yes, he had, he had 22 carries for 108 yards, but he, his snap share had been under 40% uh, three weeks in a row while people were kind of touting him last week, we saw him get that 65% mark. So I, I think um, very trustworthy there. Uh, Houston uh, bottom five in schedule, just to points allowed to the running back position. Um, I mentioned, I, I, I don't love Tannehill, even though that there are in a, a uh, kind of must win scenario for that one seed. Uh, I do like the form of call there. Well, that's because like Tannehill's ceiling is 250 Man. yards and a uh, touchdown. And it all yeah. goes to AJ Brown, by the way. So, all of uh, it. Yeah, all of it. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. All right. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is your next pick here. Um, you mentioned the Jets being a great run defense. Uh, mm -hmm. I ate it on Ronald Jones last week. Good oh, God. God. I mean, like I, I, I think I said 100 times leading up to Sunday's games. Anything that can happen to Ronald Jones will happen to Ronald Jones, and an injury happens to Ronald Jones, of course. Uh, still managed to win my fantasy championship that I had Ronald Jones starting, so shout out to me. But uh, you like his backup, Keyshawn Vaughn. No Lev Bell concerns here, TJ. Yeah, no um, no Antonio Brown concerns either if he's going to be involved in the receiving game. I mean, um, but that's geez. neither here nor there. <laughs> well, he's Keyshawn still on the roster as of, as of yeah. taping, TJ. Still, I'm just, but he's not, he's, he's done with the team, but he's still on the roster. Um, it's it's kind of a rough scene for um for sub twenty dollar running backs on, on this week, uh eighteen slate. So Vaughn down at seventeen dollars with Ronald Jones in that walking boot. Fournette still on IR. Um, Tampa Bay they they can improve their seating. They're they're guaranteed a four seat, I believe, but they can move all the way up to two. So I would think that they're incentivized to play this game as normal. I mean the two seed could like theoretically depend on what happens with the one seed could get them home field throughout the the entire playoff. So I, I would think they they want to um they want to get to up to that two seed. Um you know and and even if they decide for some reason that they're not super interested in the seating or or they got a big lead on, on the Panthers early. I, I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn is the type of player that they're typically going to pull out. Like he is, you know, a, a third string running back at best. So I, I would think that even if they, you know, take out Brady or some of their starters, that um, Vaughn still stays in there with some of the backups. Uh, right now, we have him as a, a top four value on four for four. Carolina is bottom 10 in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. And he broke off his long run um, in that same game. The, the reason we were liking Ronald Jones a couple weeks ago, uh, it was against this Carolina defense where Jones had his 20 plus touches and, and Vaughn broke off his long touchdown run. So I think he should uh, handle the majority of the touches in a game where Tampa Bay's favored big. And, and I, I pretty much expect them to, to play as if it's a must win game. Yeah, so do I. Um, taking in that same AFC South game I talked about earlier, if you're looking for like super cheap running backs, I do think you can consider Rex Burkhead at 13 bucks. I mean, we went through this whole cycle of all these Houston backs and we land on Rex Burkhead. What what a world uh, that we live <laughs> yeah. in. But over 20 touches the last two games, um, you know, obviously that Chargers game is going to represent a ceiling that you're probably not going to reach against Tennessee, especially if you're looking at it from like a matchup perspective. It's just very different from Tennessee versus uh, L.A. But, um, you know, Decent double-digit point floor last week. Six catches uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I do think, again, if you're not sure how you why you would need this much value at running back on this particular slate, but if you do need it, if you do get there, I think Burkhead can give you something of a reasonable floor here at all the way down at 13 bucks. 
I don't think it's ever a bad idea to uh, to find a, a starting running back at sub 15 bucks. Um, you know, we could always use some salary. Um, Burkhead needs 103 total yards to earn an extra $125,000. Needs to maintain Oof. a 30% snap share over the course of the season. Turn another $125,000. So uh, he does have some uh, monetary incentives to have a good game. Look at that. I mean, listen, who among us couldn't use an extra $125,000? Yeah. Two times two, he can get an extra 250k. I mean, buddy Rex, you deserve it after all these years. Uh, what a what a guy, <laughs> what a guy, Rex Burkett. All right, let's move to wide receivers. Talked about AJ Brown earlier. Um, DJ, you like him here as your high salary wide receiver. Yep, we talked about uh, the Titans when you were talking about Foreman in, in a game where uh, they're, uh, again, assuming the Chiefs um, take care of business on Saturday, uh, that the Titans need to uh, win to lock up that one seed. After that huge game, we saw A.J. Brown come back uh, from injury where he had like 54% snap share, only played 65% of the snaps last week. I, I think he was kind of dealing with a calf, but uh, I think he should be back to all systems go here against Houston. And even though I said um, I, I don't don't love Tannehill in the spot, as you mentioned. As long as Brown is on the field, most of Tannehill's targets should go to A.J. Brown. Uh, Houston has Im- improved a bit against the pass over the second half of the season, but where they they, they have really struggled at, um, against wide receiver ones, I think it's always important to kind of separate uh, individual wide receivers and wide receiver stats as a whole can be kind of tricky. But if we look at who they've given up big games to, it's been 15-plus points to Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, D.J. Moore, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They give 14 to Michael Pittman, so that primary wide receiver has really um, done well against them. And then in their first matchup, uh, A.J. Brown, it was the game he got hurt. Uh, only played 52% of snaps in that game, but even on 52% of snaps, he was already on pace for a huge game. Nine targets, already had five catchers for 50 yards in that game. Uh, so they they had a plan originally to you know use Brown to really attack this defense. Hopefully, as long as he could play all the snaps this week, um, they can uh, see that plan come to fruition. Yep. I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense. And uh, uh, like what a perfect matchup there. If like I do think the Texans pass defense overall has turned out to be a pretty solid unit. Um, however, uh, if there's ever a team that's like, well, they struggle as a pass defense as an entirety, but they give up a lot of points to wide receiver. The wide receiver one is like, well, that's yeah. all Tennessee has. So there you go. Yep. Perfect. Uh, there's two puzzle pieces that fit together. Uh, Deontay Johnson. I considered AJ Brown as my top pick at wide receiver, but I went with Deontay Johnson. $2 cheaper there for Deontay. Obviously, we know 11 uh, of 15 games with double digit targets, including last week, even if it was like, what did, what did he have? Like three yards per target or two point something yards well, per target? Well, I mean, when, when, when Big Ben's trying to break yards per attempt records, I mean, it's it's not Deontay's fault. No, it, well, nothing has been Deontay's <laughs> fault the last two years in terms of his yards per target. And like, yeah. I mean, yards per target's also a stat you can take and throw out in the trash and fight me on Twitter about <laughs> it. But uh, actually, don't. I'm not going to reply to you if you try to fight me on Twitter about that. But that's not the point. Um, uh, Deontay Johnson should get a boatload of volume playing against Baltimore that we know the situation they have with their cornerback room. That's why we were so excited about the Rams passing offense last week. Obviously that did not come to fruition. There was obviously a situation where that could not come to fruition here with Ben Roethlisberger, but um, just like, again, a game that uh, the Steelers should be playing. They're still theoretically alive uh, for the playoffs. Obviously they're going to, they're going to want to beat their division rival. They're going to want to beat the Ravens to send Ben Roethlisberger off into the sunset. Officially, officially Um, we, we know that Deontay will be super involved there and it, you know, it, this salary i do think it makes a ton of sense yeah i mean um deontay johnson just a player that i mean i I don't think there's been a more 
um, underpriced and underappreciated player, uh, maybe in the last couple of years. Damn right, buddy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you and I are in lockstep on that one. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. I, Deontay Johnson literally changed the way that I, I, I tweet these days. I that I operate on Twitter. Have I said this to you on this podcast before? Or is it no, somebody else? No. Yeah. No, I mean, please, I, please I was, I was so, I was so irritated by all the bad Deontay Johnson takes, like both last year and then especially yeah. this off season, mm-hmm. that I was like, I number one can never be on game di- like t- Twitter during game days anymore, <laughs> uh, because like the Steelers were in friggin' prime time so much, and this guy's just having passes <laughs> clank off his yeah. hands. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that anymore. Couldn't deal with all the bad takes. So like, I basically changed my entire Twitter habits, which I will not run down this podcast because um, every producer at Yahoo will, um, you know, have my head for that one but uh <laughs> for wasting all of our time here but yeah basically um we'll talk we'll talk we'll take this offline tj we'll take this offline yeah we, uh, we can do a uh, we can do a twitter habit segment uh you know sometime in the off season good idea that is a good that's that's a really good idea all right but sticking at the same salary range uh, again well, let's go back to the bills here you've got stefan diggs at 27 i'm going straight straight only narrative based on on actually for for a few of these picks uh, to close Let's out the show um but uh you know we have Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen have this this best friend narrative that they've been going on since since Diggs has joined um the Bills and obviously again need to win to win the division so that's important but Stefan Diggs six catches can add 1.55 million dollars to his salary <sighs> if he gets to 231 yards he can add another 1.55 million dollars to his salary so Josh Allen Stephon Diggs is really your best friend. You need to do everything you can to get him an extra $3 million. And I think you probably get steak dinner out of it or something. So uh, uh, Diggs has some big incentives in his contracts uh, writing in this game. Uh, but I, I do think a blowout is very much in line for Buffalo. I, I think Diggs and um, Devin Singletary can get there together. Um, I, I think the, the Bills win the division. And, and this has nothing to do with this podcast, but uh, it ignites their run to their Super Bowl win. Oh, you you've got bills for for Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. All right, I just did the math there. One point five million. That's like t- that's like ten percent of uh, Diggs's average per year salary. TJ, could you imagine if six six articles uh, got you ten a ten percent bonus on your uh, just six articles? That's all you need, man. Six articles in one week. Could you do it? There, there's a lot of unspeakable things I would do for ten percent of a salary. Of you, we're talking your salary, not Stefan. Yeah, Jones yeah, salary. no, okay. no, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just to be sure. clear, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cheap date. I'm a cheap date. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, okay. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how four for four is doing these days, but uh, no, if you're no, making, no. If, if you're I've making paid. fourteen per year, let me let me know. Listen, if you if you have anything with with two zeros on it, I'll probably do some some bad stuff. So yeah, six <laughs> articles, sure. Let's do it. There we go. Six articles, six catches. That's about yeah. the same. Uh, probably not, though, in terms of degree of difficulty. <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what a segment that has turned into. Okay. <laughs> I've got Michael Pittman here at 19 bucks. Again, this is a game the Colts need. They need, shockingly enough, all they got to do, beat the Jags, and they are in the playoffs. Uh, Michael Pittman, six catches last week. Obviously, a huge target game the week before that. Uh, obviously, then the week prior, he was thrown out of the game. Unjustly, by the way, unjustly thrown out of the game was Michael Pittman. But the guy's been a good player all year. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers uh, right now in the NFL. Uh, big time dynasty buy, I think, for me as well. Uh, again, good matchup here for him in week 18. I think he makes sense at this uh, salary range a ton. 
Yeah, Jacksonville bottom 10 and schedule adjusted points to both quarterbacks and wide receivers. I was actually tempted to put Carson Wentz as, as my cheap quarterback just because <laughs> uh, because Indy is in a, a spot where, um, you know, still need to win the game, but uh, couldn't pull the trigger on it. But uh, the primary target is plenty fine. Yeah, 20, uh, 26 bucks. I, I looked at Carson Wentz, but then I was like, I'll just go with Russ. I'll just go. With yeah, Russ. I, I think mean. that's the yeah, I, I think Pittman Pittman. The, the, that's the great thing about yeah. fantasy, right? We could we could roll out these number one wide receivers, and as long as they get the big target shares, they don't need their quarterbacks to go nuclear for them to go nuclear. If they're just getting that that thirty percent share, whatever it might be, uh, that, that's plenty for them to do well. Yeah, some random goofball occasionally pops up for the Colts. Uh, they they could potentially elevate Carson Wentz, but it's like if Michael if Carson Wentz had a good game, most likely Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor had good games, and like there you go. You could so just play either one of those two, and don't like have that shiver go down your spine of playing Carson Wentz. <laughs> sure. um, all right, let's move to tight end. Speaking of Carson Wentz, his former BFF Zach Ertz at twenty bucks is your top pick here. Yeah, this is one of the 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 guys that has been um, trending in the right direction. That is also continuing to uh, to play in a game that that the team is very incentivized. I already covered uh, Arizona situation when I talked about uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's favorite target since uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been injured has been Zach Ertz. Ten targets per game over the last month is tied for seventh among all players that haven't missed a game in that span. Tied for first among tight ends with Mark Andrews, 27% target share. As I mentioned with Deandre Hopkins out Seattle's 29th and schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. And Ertz is our top value at four for four at the tight end position. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, I considered him as well. Ended up going George Kittle as my high value tight end here. 26 bucks. Now coming off five targets over the last two weeks, six targets only in the week before that. Um, hashtag do obviously. Uh, but I like, regardless of who plays quarterback, potentially even just more exciting if Jimmy's out there, you know, yeah, just think, so. yeah, just thinking and dunking over the middle, um, you know, doing his Jimmy Garoppolo thing, uh, especially a compromised Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, his, his over the middle passing will be in fuego there. I guess uh so yeah give me george kittle if you need like a rock solid tight end one yeah um i, I like kittle with especially with garoppolo back um again we, we talked about this game as as i think one to just target in general i, I think it could be a, a, a relatively high scoring game um kittle kittle get right game to end the season uh, you know, it's funny. We're having all these conversations about like player incentives and all this stuff um, in, in this, uh, you know, monetary incentives. We know one guy who does not care about his monetary incentives is Antonio Brown. <laughs> he's all, <laughs> he, he's he doesn't give a damn. He doesn't need. Well, maybe he should care, but he does not care about that. Uh, Three hundred thirty thousand dollars. He could have gotten yeah. with just eight catches or whatever it was. Uh, he's he's not coming back to the Bucks. But Rob Gronkowski coming off a hundred yard game is still there. Should be the primary target this week is your second pick at 21 bucks yeah and and grok Gronk might want to send a B a little fruit basket because he could make uh, he could make himself a bunch of money this week. Again, this is another uh, big incentive laden one for me. I, I already talked about the Buccaneers situation with Keyshawn Vaughn. Rob Gronkowski, seven catches to get another five hundred thousand dollars, 85 yards for another five hundred thousand dollars. Three touchdowns for another five hundred thousand um, dollars. Another, you know, him, him, and uh, him and Tom Brady are our buddies. So Brady could get him an extra one point five mil if he hits perfect. Uh, ten targets in at least ten targets in two of his last three games, and and he's going to need that that extra one point five million because um, he can't get his military insurance. Can't get USA insurance. insurance. So, so his his insurance is probably very expensive. So he might need that money. I don't know what Gronk's insurance <laughs> policy is, but. Um... 
I don't know, man. Maybe he should consider enlisting. It's, he's clearly <laughs> desperate at this point. <laughs> and one of his, hey, can't one of his brothers enlist? He's got like a hundred brothers right. that, that aren't yeah, playing in the yeah, NFL yeah, anymore. Maybe yeah, maybe somewhat. that's how we solve the USAA problem for old uh, Rob Gronkowski there. Yeah. Um, by the way, wasn't didn't Brady like force feed it to Antonio Brown basically last year to get him to an incentive? Yeah, and and Brady has some incentives too. I I think uh, he he can earn a roughly an extra uh, five million bucks with if he ends top five in pass rating, top five in, in completion percentage, um, or yards per attempt. Um, so you know maybe they uh, maybe they have a little pact going where if they uh, if they can have a big game together, they get to go on a little vacation or something. Well, all we've ever heard about is how Tom Brady sacrificed so much money uh, with the <laughs> Patriots to keep the team together. So clearly, he yeah. needs the cash. So yeah, uh, I think I, I think uh, I think he's doing all right. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and guess he's doing all right as well. Uh, all right, Kyle Pitts is doing all right. First thousand yard uh, season of his career in his rookie year. He can obviously break. My I don't know about his Cooper Cup. Like Cooper Cup thought, thinks it's not right to be breaking these records in <laughs> in seventeen games. I don't know. Kyle Pitts has thought about breaking Mike Dix's uh, tight end yardage record as a rookie. Um, but like, come on, e- enough already with this. I mean, shout out to you, Mike Ditka, whatever. But like, enough already with Mike Ditka hel- holding this record. We've had all these all these years of tight ends like it's time for somebody to break it let's have Kyle Pitts break it at 18 bucks this week I mean I like out of like all the random records obviously there's some that are that are maybe harder to to get to and and just more impressive as a, as a football record but like Ditka holding that record considering when it was is like that's pretty damn impressive to me it's it is incredibly uh impressive um it's it's crazy too because like I mean you know obviously Mike Ditka played a billion years ago. He's 82 years old. But <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah. I only, when I hear Mike Ditka, I just think, you know, the, the, not even the, the coach. I just think of like the ESPN uh, analyst because that's like my frame of reference yeah. here. Like that's who I visualize. And it's like, man, that guy was out there busting a thousand yards as a tight end as a rookie. I mean, that's, that's impressive stuff. Yeah. Uh, and as far as Kyle Pisco, um, I, I believe the, the Falcons can play uh spoiler to um to the Saints. I, I think Saints still have some uh some motivation here. So uh so that that I guess that could factor in. Yeah, one thousand uh seventy six yards in a fourteen game season in nineteen sixty two. Uh, yeah. did yeah, so fourteen game season, I mean you hear that guys? There was records still with <laughs> oh, less games. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> unbelievable math what a thing uh yeah man i mean math and time undefeated but yeah mike ditka for sure it's time to end this record let's get kyle pitts i agree with you dude no there's no way the falcons don't want to take down the saints uh you know and like play spoiler so uh they can be the berserker team here in week 18 all right let's talk defenses love that you had the stones to go with the lions here at 10 bucks potentially facing old jordan love yeah, and, and this this is um, n- not much data for this one. I mean, they have been playing better as a team as a whole, um, but it could be a ones versus two situation. Um, yeah. I, I think Lions should be playing most of their starters. Green Bay is going to be resting a ton of their starters with the ones he locked up. So to get a, a min price defense, uh, like basically just take the names off all the jerseys. You're getting starters versus backups, and, and that's pretty much all it is, um, uh, all there is to it on this one. Yep, hundred uh, percent. I'd also go with the Ravens at eleven bucks against the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. um, obviously, who is dust. You can take him down for some sacks. You can take him down for some interceptions. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for that, for the Ben uh, Ben last game narrative, that that would have been a a pretty tough one to watch on Monday night. 
I mean, it was pretty tough to watch either way, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. it mattered. I mean, if you're if you're a Steelers fan, it was fun to watch for a little bit. Sure. But for the rest of us, it was it was a slog. You know, I'm a I'm a su- I'm a such a sucker for for any any last game type narrative. I'm I I can't help myself. I'm a understandable. Soft, TJ. You're 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 a fan of the game. You're a real <laughs> fan of the game. Um. All right, let's talk flexes here, including your pick of Cooper Cup at forty one bucks. I mean, we got we have to end the show on records, right? 12 catches for the wide receiver record, 136 yards for the wide receiver record. I'm 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 riding that uh, that chase down to the end. No, I love it. Listen, never never a wrong uh, week to go with Cooper Cup, especially here in the last week. Like I mentioned, all of those injuries for San Francisco in the secondary should be huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, you might not like breaking the record here in 17 weeks, but you're gonna go ahead and do it, pal. I mean, maybe. I don't yeah, know. and I mean, and and I mean, even though it's it's an extra game, like it is such a crazy season that if he does get these records, I, I still think they, uh, you know, you never know. But it it seems like it, it could have um, some distance in terms of how long it stands. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I mean, I don't know that we're gonna see a season like this, uh, like we've seen out of Cooper Cup for quite some time. Um, I will offer up David Montgomery as a twenty-five dollar flex. Uh, you know, they're not gonna beat the brakes off of the Vikings like they did the embarrassing Giants last week. I mean, oh my God, Joe Judge, come! Ba- he's still going. By the way, we talked about it on Sunday's podcast. We're he's still going. By the way, he's still making some uh, foolish, <laughs> foolish comments there, old Joe Judge. Anyways, yeah. uh, David Montgomery, like obviously with uh, Nick Foles or uh, Andy Dalton, he's going to have a little more pass catching juice than he does with Justin Fields, just a little bit. Although we did kind of talk about that narrative last week as well. Nevertheless, I mean, two targets last week and still had a pretty decent game. So I think against the Vikings, a run defense that is just you know been leaky for months and months and months now. I think David Montgomery at twenty five bucks is a, is a pretty nice. He just feels like a guy people won't end up clicking on either. Yeah, and I mean, out of out of all the teams that are eliminated from from playoff contention, teams that had playoff aspirations, and again, I I, I think it's very unfair and just kind of dumb to say any team isn't going to be motivated because they are professionals. But um, if there is a letdown team this week that doesn't have uh, playoff aspirations, it kind of feels like it could be the Vikings. It just feels like it's a team that, uh, yeah. uh, you know, could be losing a quarterback, could be losing a coach. Um, I, I, it just seems like they can go out on a pretty ugly note this year. Yeah, uh, a lot of bad vibes around the Vikings, yeah. right? A lot of bad vibes yeah. around the Vikings right now. Um, you know, and the Bears, uh, to their credit, they have obviously been long since out of the playoff picture. But they have played, even if no one else likes Matt Nagy, they've played hard, uh, whether it's for Matt Nagy or for their future selves. Uh, the Bears have played pretty hard here to end the season. They they won two straight, one against the Seahawks, one against the aforementioned joke Giants. But uh, all right, let's talk fades here to end the podcast. TJ, you pick the Packers Eagles I'm just going to piggyback basically and we can have like I guess a conversation about what to do with these teams that have clinched everything like there's obviously because uh, again the Eagles it just like all but looks likely they'll be facing the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs the Packers uh number one seed like these teams that have things for the most part locked up and by the way like things can also change from not too too much but like in the early slate of games or like you said with the with the Tennessee Titans that can change based on Saturday's results with uh, the Chiefs and Broncos um you know so how do we handle these teams that have potential backups playing like is there any interest in, in exploring like cheap value there yeah i mean i i think um i i don't think there's there's much of a science to it, it just, the teams that 
<clears throat> concern me the most are these ones that are locked into a playoff seat or just can't really improve like anything significant. Obviously, Packers locked into one. I think Eagles are locked into either six or seven, I, I, I believe. Um, so those are the ones where it's not that like the backups can't have good games. They can. I, I do think there's a lot of value um, to that. Like, I, like for example, the, the Green Bay wide receivers, I think, could be really interesting plays because you can, you know, uh, Equinemius St. Brown or something like that is, is someone that could play 95% of snaps. But both of these spots where, you know, maybe the starters come out and play 20% of the snaps or something like that, you're just putting yourself at a yeah. big disadvantage against these, the, the you know, the, the players or the teams that are going to play their normal players, their normal snap share. So those are those are my concerns for me. I, I think in, in big tournaments like the Yahoo Baller, I, I do think there is some value in, you mentioned like with, with Rex Burkhead, you know, just getting some of these super cheap plays and, and having some very interesting studs and duds builds where you can like, you can build a team of like Jonathan Taylor with Cooper Cup because there are a couple like pay down wide receivers on the Eagles or, or the Packers that you can um, play, but it's, it's going to, it, we, we really have to take projections with a huge grain of salt, right? Because if you're saying you could confidently project the Packers three backup wide receivers target share with Jordan Love, like we really yeah, are yeah. throwing darts there, but, but if you do hit right there, there's a ton of upside. So um, I, I think just for me, those teams that are locked into the playoff spots are the ones that um, I, I'm, I typically avoid the most. Like, like you said, I'd rather play, a, a Seahawks or a Bears who are eliminated, but we've seen them yep. still playing hard than like a backup twos versus ones type situation. Yeah. And it's like, again, you're going to be playing backups. Like you really want to be playing yeah. what, like Jalen Rager uh, yeah. for yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. Like, no, let me go yeah. ahead and tell you not to do that. Don't go ahead and play Jalen Rager here in week 18. If he scores a touchdown, you can, you can replay this back. But um, although I guess he's like a starter, but uh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I think they're probably, they're, there probably is some interesting narratives where if you are just like paying very close attention to, um, to beat reporters, like rookies or like second year players could be really interesting in these spots, like kind of similar to a late preseason game, right? Like those are the players that they're probably going to get, want to get a look at um, players that they're thinking about um, keeping like, like you, you can kind of read between the tea leaves on some of these situations. Um, but, but you really, really need to be doing your homework. And if you're playing like cash games or anything or very small field tournaments, um, I just don't think it's worth taking the risk on on plays like that. Yeah, right. Like an Amari Rogers uh, for yeah, the whole, for 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 the Packers, right? Like yeah, a, a that's rookie a really there that, yep. that they might want to think about. Um, but uh, you know, he's also been like pulled off special teams duties at times because that's been a disaster. So maybe they do want to get a look at wide receiver to figure that whole thing out. But um, yeah, no, Amari Rogers, interesting one there. But like. I guess if if because Aaron Rodgers right now he says he wants to play in Week 18, like we'll see if they let him play Week 18. But like I guess if that's one that is interesting, even if Jordan Love stinks, like he is playing the Lions, <laughs> like he, right. he might be a potential value quarterback, which then really does start to unlock things for you. But that is probably the, I'm with you. The only thing I'd consider, but for the most part, yeah, I, I completely agree with your call of like just stick stick with teams that have incentive to play in Week 18 or even like have. You know, like the the Bears, uh, you mentioned we mentioned the Seahawks, we mentioned these teams that you know they've got like future considerations. Like you know, David Montgomery can't be mailing it in because like there's a whole other coaching staff coming in, there's potentially sure. a new front office coming in there too. Like going to give him a contract extension. Russ, you know, he's not really a mail it in guy anyways. But like you know, it, it, these guys in Seattle are fighting for their futures as well. I do think that matters. No, I think it matters too, and I think it's like it's my my whole reason why we get this this. 
discussion that like, oh, these players have nothing to play for. Well, yeah, they do. They have jobs to play for, yeah. and, and and you know, and if and and if you're letting up, um, you you can easily be be costing a guy next to you um some kind of job with if you have some kind of um you know wins clauses a team or something like that or or just by messing up your 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 defense or your offense because like people aren't phoning it in. Like my the thing I always go to is like, have you ever seen like these old dudes in their beer softball league? As soon as they get on the field, they're being competitive like they're playing for the Super Bowl. You don't think these professional athletes are getting paid, uh, you know, pretty decent amount of money or, or, or the same once they step on the field. So I, I it's well, it's probably my my least favorite end of season thing is like these guys aren't motivated. And I guess it's just a semantics thing, but uh, it's I, I think it's a bad phrase. I think we could, if we really wanted to have the conversation too, we could talk about like garbage time too. Is like, oh, that didn't count because it was in garbage time. It's like, right. I mean, these guys aren't out there just like smoking cigs during downs. Once <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Once like, <laughs> you know, especially backups yeah. get in there. Like yeah. those backups, they might stink, but they're really trying, buddy. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So I can confidently say that we did. You know, players are not mailing it in week eighteen. We did not mail it in TJ no. week eighteen. We brought definitely it. Not. We we put our best effort out there. Uh, you know, hopefully that just motivates us to push onwards towards the playoffs but uh this is the end of our run here yes. tj the end of our yahoo dfs collaboration show it's been awesome to do this with you buddy you know Always, how highly man. i think of you and and all of your work and i appreciate it so tell the listeners if they found this for the last time via the yahoo fantasy football forecast feed where they can find all your great work uh, and the dfs mvp podcast yeah, hopefully only for the last time this season. Uh, four for four and Yahoo have yeah. worked really closely together uh, for quite some time now, and it's always good. Always fun to work with, <laughs> always fun to work with you and, and you guys. Um, but yeah, at, at four for four, even though we're done here, um, we are going through the Super Bowl at four for four. So um, we will be doing playoff content, um, including some content for Yahoo throughout uh, the playoff season. DFS MVP will still be going um, every Friday throughout the playoffs. Um, check it out on YouTube or on the DFS MVP uh, podcast feed, and, or just check out. 444.com if you are planning on playing some uh, playoff DFS. Yes, and the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast will not be going anywhere either. Uh, we'll still be doing shows all throughout the postseason, all throughout the offseason. Uh, I'll be hopping on those, and I'll also be doing some DFS uh, playoff-focused uh, columns at Yahoo as well, so make sure to check those out. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us here all year. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check us all out on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. We're out of here.